Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. You know, when you get right down to it, these radical leftists are just absolutely unequivocally disconnected. They're disconnected from reality. They're disconnected from you. They have not the slightest idea, the slightest idea what life is like in flyover country, in the heartland, They, outside of academia, media, hub, political bubble in Washington, D.C. They have absolutely... I'm. Literally no idea. They These folks, and I'm talking about the political class, I'm talking about the media class, the ruling class in general, the folks who are in positions of political power to, well, to mislead and deceive you, to pass things against your will in the dead of night with a couple of votes or whatever it takes, political uh, deception, communication deception with the help of the media. These folks have no idea. They have no idea what's coming either. I think they sense a part of it and they fear what's coming in November. But I think at their core, these folks have no idea what they're about to do. Welcome to the program, folks. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com and um, connect with us. Um, well, you can ask questions, give feedback, share your opinions, thoughts, and of course, always lavish that adoration and praise upon us. We will accept that. Kidding, not kidding, but uh, community.toddfshow.com. If you want to join our, uh, well, we we do this to step aside from, from the Nazis at Facebook, Meta, whatever the world they're, Meta World Peace, whatever they're called today. So, Community.toddhuffshow.com as well. Now, I, I mentioned this off the top. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Stephanie Rule of, I think she's MSNBC. This is NBC. It's all the same. It doesn't matter. When you get down to it, it doesn't matter what news network these folks are with, um, what logo is actually in the bottom corner. They're all radicals. These folks are disconnected radicals. Now, you know that inflation is actually increasing at a rate. You probably have heard this by now. After the October numbers came in, we realized that inflation is increasing at a rate that is higher than it's been, a faster, infl- higher inflation rate, a faster rate than it's been in 30 years, 3-0, 30 years. Now, some folks listening to my voice today might have been in high school or elementary school 30 years ago, or for the more seasoned in the crowd, you might have been new parents and now you're grandparents, but we're talking a generation, right? A generation ago. We've gone an entire generation of inflation not being as high as it is right now, 6.2% as per the October numbers. If Again, if you can believe the... I'm skeptical of everything at this point. These folks are so deceptive and duplicitous and 
liberalism is so insidious and it just the desire to mislead and deceive is everywhere but 6.2 is what we're is what we're being told now so basically why why is that the case now without getting into some deep deep economic theory what i'm going to tell you is kind of the common sense way of of looking at things here and that is which of course is absent is is non-existent in washington dc it's non-existent at msnbc no one at cnn even knows what the words common sense mean i mean these folks are so disconnected and have no idea how to think things through they have to turn to experts so-called experts who oftentimes have a a dog in the fight as they say uh whenever looking for answers to problems but at its core the reason inflation is taking off is because we've pumped too much money into the economy that's the simple answer and i'm not saying it's too simple of course there's other there's other factors i mean when you look at macroeconomics there are other factors and things that that matter but at its core we're pumping too much money into the economy it's and so what happens is if a dollar is worth less as it is with inflation companies have to adjust companies it may be shocking to leftists listening to this program companies cannot like the u.s post office or like the federal government operate at extreme deficits for extended periods of time because they need they need the capital to to survive and so prices must adjust and they have to adjust for really what the dollar is worth and there are a lot of factors that are lining up against businesses today against the economy and that includes labor shortage if that's there's a lot more available jobs than available workers so let's put it that way if you want to say labor shortage some people say yeah it's because people aren't paying enough okay the market can respond to that but then what happens prices are going to go up even more i mean now we're talking stagflation where you have a stagnant economy coupled with inflation which is what we're on the precipice of right so inflation in general not stagflation inflation just means basically that there is too much money in the uh, in the economy and again i've gone through this before and this is very rudimentary economics but before we had currency people were bartering right they were trading and then currency was developed so as to allow for people to make trades with one another, even in situations where an individual did not need something that the other person that they were engaging in trade with could provide. So if you were selling, I don't know, if you had some beef from a cattle that you were providing and the other person was, let's say, a builder could could work on your roof but you didn't need anything done to your house and that other person didn't have anything else of value to you at that particular moment in time it would have hindered the opportunity to trade that person could have gone without beef or there would have to been some other accommodation right currency allowed for that transaction to take place and instead of the person who traded the beef to the person that needed it taking something he or she did not need he or she could hold on to that currency, which was backed by a government that at one point in time, not in any recent years, but at one point in time had the full 
full faith of the American people, right? And so then they could use that capital, they could use that income, that revenue, that money as they desired. They could save it, they could invest it, they could make other improvements to their home or business, they could whatever, right? Buy something else that they that they needed. And so that whenever you inject too much money into the economy, you're basically saying how do I say that you're you're putting you're watering down the value of the money that people have given for legitimate trades because there's more of it. So it's easier for me to get money somewhere else because there's a surplus of money making making it worth less, not worthless. Although we're <laughs> sometimes I feel like we're headed in that direction. It's just worth less when there's too much of it, right? One of the principles to determining the value of something is how plentiful is it? Is it a commodity? Are there is there a surplus of it? Is there um, in, in supply and demand economics, is there excess supply then you know more supply than there is demand that will drive values down and so the same general principle applies here so that's what's happened and whose fault is this whose fault is this this my friends is the fault of washington dc and specifically specifically with efforts that have been taken this year by the democrats and the biden administration it is the responsibility falls squarely upon the Biden administration and today's Democrat Party. They are the ones calling the shots. They are the ones who are establishing policy, who are voting on things, who are in control of spending, who have given extra stimulus. I mean, you look at the, the additional stimulus that was given earlier this year. Um, you look at the bill they just passed, the infrastructure bill. Um, you look at just what they're also trying to spend through the larger uh, through the larger spending bill. And these things are all catastrophic to the economy, right? They are not good. These are factors that make operating a business or being profitable or having to adjust your pricing structure. These things directly impact that a 100%. No questions asked. This fault falls at the foot of the federal government and in particular the democrat party because they're in control of both houses and the biden administration these are the jokers that want to do these sorts of things all under the guise of helping you my question is how is it helping you how is it helping your family how is it helping your neighbor when inflation is at a 6.2 percent rate how is that good how how is driving up consumer prices good? And the truth is, inflation, smaller numbers of inflations folks are willing to live with and accept. It's kind of a reality. I'm not defending it, but it's a reality of the world we live in and the government that we operate within in the 21st century. But these rates are astonishingly high. As I said earlier, in the top, uh, the highest they've been in the past 30 years. And so it's unavoidable. Everybody knows this. You go to the gas pump, and of course, it's not just inflation. There's other problems and issues as well. I mentioned the labor shortage. Uh, there's a supply chain crisis, which again, is not being helped by the government. This, The problems that exist in supply chain can 
in many cases, not all cases, but in many cases be traced back to government response to COVID-19 shutdowns. Um, that's, again, not 100%, but there's a lot of blame to be laid there. And people are looking around and people say, by the way, Biden's approval, I think I saw is down to 41%, I believe. Is that what I saw? 41%. People are looking around and they said, wait a minute. This wasn't like this a year ago. What on earth is going on? Folks that cast a ballot because they were terrified of what Trump might be, they never took any time to really stop and think about what Biden and his Democrat party actually are. These folks are radical leftists, in some case, some cases, extreme Marxist, socialists. Again, some of the some of the more radicals are literally, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, they're nominating people. Um, you know, Biden has nominees who are straight out Marxist communists. Literally, that is not hyperbole. That is not exaggeration. That is not anything other than the actual realities and facts as we see them today. In fact, I spoke with someone, Tom Jones of the... Um, American Accountability Foundation. He's one of the co-founders of that for our television show. We just cut those episodes last week, I guess. And we are, that'll be airing here soon. But to hear what some of these, I think I even played that clip maybe on this television show um, where, where the nominee said that she wants to see energy companies go bankrupt. That has to happen if we're going to tackle climate change. Folks, this is statism. This is Marxism. This is not free market capitalism. This is not how America was built. And so, so this is unavoidable to the left and to the media. They have to address it. There's no other way. Because we've now ventured into people's pocketbooks, right? When someone goes to buy a gallon of milk, a gallon of gasoline, when someone goes to a restaurant... And there's a sign on the door that says we're closed today or we can't find enough help so we have to close early today or open late. This happens virtually at every restaurant that I can think of at the moment. Or you can't dine in or you can't do this. There's regulations, I don't want to say regulations, there's just consequences that these businesses are dealing with because of our inept government. And What's super ironic about this is that these are the same jokers who tell us that they can tell us or that they can cause the sea levels to decrease, right? They tell us they can make complete and utter equality for all people, but they cannot even make sure that each of their presidential candidates get an equal amount of time talking on the debate stage. These folks are completely inept, completely incapable, and the gig is up in a lot of ways. Folks see it. It's all around them. It's unavoidable. And so the media is beginning to have to respond. The media and the Biden administration and the Democrats, there's an attack on the, finally, thank goodness, they've realized the term woke isn't really what they wanted it to mean. It's a, it's a term of mocking these idiotic liberal ideas and policies for ignoring reality, ignoring science, ignoring common sense, ignoring basic economic principles. And so they're out there trying to defend it. So before the, or when we get back from the break, I got to take one here. I want to play this 
interview, Stephanie Rule, MSNBC, just a, a short segment, a minute or so, talking with Willie's Geist, I think it's Geist, of NBC. And she's trying to explain away just how we should properly look at this issue of inflation. Get ready for a lot more of this as we move into an election year, midterm election, which is going to hit us here that year. Election year begins in about six weeks. We're halfway through the month of November. So in six weeks, it is an election year, and we're going to begin to see them begin to really start to reframe the debate. Is it really that bad, right? This is the new normal. That sort of talk is going to begin uh, to be coming out from all different individuals, and they're going to begin to blame Trump even more. We had no idea how really bad it was. I'm sure Biden will tell us when we took over. Trump had dug us into a much deeper hole. He had set some sort of a secretive time bomb to explode on the economy. It's not our fault. It's his fault. Get ready for this sort of stuff. And whatever you can imagine them saying, I'm telling you, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, with some exceptions, depending upon your imagination. But it is not outside the realm of possibilities as to what they will try to get away with. Because this is so obvious that the average condition, the uh, just the the economy and just the impact on the average American under this administration is markedly worse, incredibly worse, noticeably worse than it was under President Trump. In fact, it was good and improving under President Trump, even in uh, even in the wake of a worldwide pandemic. I got to take a break. Come back, continue our talk, play that uh, soundbite. Stephanie Rule trying to tell you that what you're really seeing and feeling isn't as bad as you think it is. <laughs> Leave it to the left to do that. So condescending and arrogant. Back here, folks, in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So... I said before the break that I was going to play this soundbite. This is Stephanie Rule, and is it Willie? I think it's Willie Geist. I think it is. I forgive me. I I listen to these knuckleheads sometimes. I just um, not all the time, right? I just can't put up with it. I guess when you get down to it. But so she is being asked. She's Stephanie Rule from I believe MSNBC. She's going to try to reframe this. And I think this is important to understand because after we get through the holidays, we they're still going to fight about this federal spending package, which may be in jeopardy, who knows, because of Joe Manchin, maybe Kirsten Cinema, inflation, and all this sort of stuff. The Democrats, it's, it's think about that. It's gotten to a point where Democrats are concerned about the effects of a piece of legislation on the economy because of inflationary rates and, and the rate of inflation 6.2 percent so that is astonishing in and of itself these are folks that never pay any attention to any of that stuff they just don't care they have a bigger desire to see federal programs in place and i'm i'm talking about the ones who are strategic and intentional about this some folks believe in this stuff and it's complete just fantasy world to believe in these things. But there are also people that seek, and we talk about these folks a lot, they seek to acquire 
power. They seek to transform this nation from the free market, constitutionally uh, based system that we have into something that's more radical, something that's more socialist, something that's more Marxist. And they use phrases and words that sound so appealing to many people. Equal pay for equal work, going to stop the sea levels from rising. They care about clean air and clean water as though the rest of us want dirty air and dirty water, as though the rest of us want uh, people to be gypped out of what they rightfully earn. But this is the false uh, the false arguments that are out there building, the straw man arguments. But anyhow, Stephanie Rule sitting here with Willie Geist of NBC trying to explain away, explain away inflation because they're going to have to deal with this before the next election. So look at these explanations almost as as trial balloons. This is her. She's you know talking to. It's a mainstream liberal. Um, MSNBC's audience is straight liter, uh, liberal and radical. A large part of them. NBC's audience is more mainstream liberal. So. Consider these explanations as trial balloons so that they can determine. These are like test groups. This is this is like a marketing focus group for them. Let's see if this really gets traction with people. And if it does, that's the answer we want to give, right? So here it is, Stephanie Rule trying to explain away just how you and I and the people we know need to not be so upset about inflation. We need to have our perspectives adjusted because – Democrats and the Biden administration are just doing so many other wonderful things, I guess. Here it is. And Stephanie joins me now live. Steph, it's great to see you. As you say, inflation's over 6%, numbers we haven't seen in more than 30 years. So how much higher can these prices go, and when do you see them coming down? Well, listen, Willie, nobody knows exactly when they're going down, but you have to put all this in perspective. This inflation is not in isolation. And the government predicted it was going to be a challenging recovery, recovery all tied to COVID. So it's why you Mm -hmm. see things like that expanded child tax credit. You've got the families of over 60 million kids on average getting $430 a month. For people on fixed incomes, older people on Social Security, they're getting those fixed payments adjusted next year up 5.9% for inflation. And the dirty little secret here, really, while nobody likes to pay more, on average, we have the money to do so. Household savings hit a record high over the pandemic. We didn't really have anywhere to go out and spend. And as we said a moment ago, we're expecting retail sales this holiday season to break records. For those who own their homes, the value of our homes are up. And while the stock market isn't the economy, you got over half of American households with some investment in the markets, and the markets have hit record highs. I love so we how that need to put all matter, of this in lots. perspective. This time last year, when you and I were talking, Willie, mm-hmm. nobody had a vaccine. Now 200 million Americans do, and we're seeing this push of demand, and that's pushing up pricing. I mean, that's that's about as stupid of his analysis on on economics as I've as I've heard. I mean, that in many ways could not be more wrong. If she intentionally tried to come up with something that was that was wrong, she to, to frame it that way, which ultimately is, hey, suck it up, buttercup. You have more money, so you can <laughs> you can pay, uh, you can afford to pay for more. But why do many people have more money? It's because the 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 government decided to either 
print, borrow, steal from future generations and give it to you now, or it wasn't, or take it from some other uh, other taxpayer. It's not because it's not because suddenly things are just humming along well. And by the way, remember when they laughed at Trump's V-shaped recovery when he talked about a V-shaped recovery for the economy? The economy going into COVID, going into this COVID crisis was humming along. I mean, it was just tearing it up. People were confident. Consumers were very confident. Things were just going very well. And then things came to a complete and utter standstill because of what the government told us. Now, I'm going to, I know some of you won't, and I understand. I I understand the the initial the initial reaction. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying that it should have been done. I'm just saying I at least understand where folks were coming from when they didn't know what to do uh, as we were learning about about this virus, right? I again, I'm not defending. I'm not saying it was the right thing to do. I'm just saying it was at least understandable. It is completely not understandable at this point to to watch some of the things we're doing. Take New York City, for example. I saw a sound clip. I'm not going to play it. I don't even have it here. Actually, I might have it somewhere. Bill de Blasio being asked by the media about checking the vaccination status of 5 through 11-year-olds before they walk into a store. Yeah, Oz doesn't like that. I don't like that either. They're going to check. He he talked about that that's something that they're going to look into as more and more people in New York City become become vaccinated, right? Los Angeles. We got vaccine so vaccine mandates to basically walk outside in Los Angeles. Right? We've got the Biden administration. I spoke, by the way, with Attorney General Todd Rakita, also to air on our television program here in a couple weeks. He and other states are fighting back against uh, these vaccine mandates that have been issued by the Biden administration, by the federal government, unilaterally, by the way, right? Fighting back against this. Biden administration vows to fight back uh, vigorously, I guess, toot the nail against against this particular, uh, th- these lawsuits trying to stop this. I-, I find myself wondering, what is, what is the real rationale? I mean, truly, all emotion aside and personal preference on the vaccine, what is the actual logical thinking? Truly apolitical, just what is, what is the case? I would love to hear. I asked uh, Attorney General Okita, if he could summarize what he's, you know, what he believes the case is going to be, he really couldn't do that yet for the government, the federal government, the Biden administration, when they look at vaccine mandates. But what is the thinking? I mean, this is bizarre, crazy stuff. We're in an anti-logical world at this point. No matter what your position on vaccines, no matter what you have decided to do or not do, which is your choice, but just suddenly a, a company that has 100 employees has to have everyone vaccinated or tested daily but if 99 doesn't it just i mean i need someone to explain that to me i get i get that there's federal um stipulations that once you cross certain thresholds that different rules and so forth acquire or are, are passed on to you i question that as well but i understand that's the thinking but it's so arbitrary there's no that, that's that's not science. What's the science between a company with 99 people 
not being forced to get vaccinated and those with 100 having to? What if, what if a company split into two businesses, 50 and, you know, 50 and 50 instead of 100? I mean, it is beyond stupid to me, some of this stuff, and these mandates are absolutely out of control. In fact, we'll probably talk about that a little bit after the break. But get ready for more of these idiotic defenses, explanations for inflation, how it's not really as bad as you think it is. Remember when Obama was president, we were told that GDP coming in at 2% annually would be the new normal. Remember that? You, I know some of you do, some of you may not, might have needed a reminder. But then things change now, right? It, it changed when you have a president and policies that are actually encouraging to businesses than the free market. The free market can then run unrestrained and produce a lot of gross domestic product. I got to take a break. Oz is waving at me to get my attention. She has succeeded. I will take a break. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let's talk a little bit about the government or the Biden administration's desire to take this fight on vaccine mandates to court and to defend it. I mean, they, they are prepared. This is serious. This is, I mean, the, the battle lines have been drawn here. They're going to stand up and fight this with all that they've got. So what, I mean, what is the case really? What is the case for the government, for the Biden administration to arbitrarily, unilaterally apply mandates upon businesses that say, your employees, if you're over a certain size, your employees have to be vaccinated or subject themselves to regular testing. And I don't know if it's how frequently, but it's regular. I, I don't, maybe I need to look that, but it's look that up and tell you, but it's regular testing uh, to prove that you don't have the coronavirus. So they're going to defend this and say, I mean, I guess what's the defense? What's the, the argument for, first of all, allowing this? I mean, Number one, number one, the idea, constitutionally speaking, I don't care what we've seen in practice because what we've seen in practice in recent years, in recent decades, is not any, I don't think it, it, it bears any resemblance to what the founders had intended to create. The idea that the president of the United States can unilaterally establish this and say this is what's going to happen is crazy to me. The idea that states don't have rights even if the federal government decides to tell them what to do is crazy to me from a constitutional perspective. Again, we're talking about a vaccine, right? So you're supposed to take the vaccine so that you won't get infected by the virus, except that you do get infected by the virus. We know this. I'm not making the case not to get vaccinated. I literally have not tried to persuade anybody any direction on that. I think that there are things that people need to think about and not just take advice blindly from Dr. Fauci and these other radicals, these other people in government. But that aside, it's it's your choice. Everyone has crazy to say in 2021, we all have different circumstances, different health experience, different I don't know, pre-existing conditions or not any pre-existing conditions, different age brackets, different risk 
pools and so forth. But to say, what's, what is the case? I mean, really, what is it? Because if the case, it seems to me the only thing that they're going to argue that, for, okay, for example, if they say you have to take it because we don't want you to spread it to someone else, the immediate question to me is, can an unvaccinated person get the vax, uh, excuse me, the virus and spread it? The answer is yes. So that completely nullifies that particular part of the argument, does it not? So to me, the only thing that they can really say is that you have to take it because it prevents you, it, it makes it less likely that you um, will have dire, you know, circumstances, consequences from getting the virus. It makes you less likely to go to the hospital, less likely to die. From what they're telling us, <laughs> that 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 is what they tell us is, is true. But now, how does that, now, now we're into a whole different argument because now you're saying what I decide to do with my body only affects me and you're telling me what my risk level should be. That my friends, there, I am telling you, there is no way, there is no way that that should, in our system of government, work. I'm one, by the way, in fact, I got a story about this. Maybe I'll tell it after the break. But I'm one, like, they'll, they'll say, well, you have to wear, you wear your seatbelt. See, I, I reject that notion. I'm not saying you shouldn't wear your, please, if you don't, if you're driving right now, put your seatbelt on. I, I'm not saying not to wear your seatbelt. But I'm saying, why is that a law? is my question. Who else does that harm? I've actually got a quick story. I'll share it. I I wasn't it crossed my mind that this might come up today. I kind of put it aside, but now that I said it, I'll share it next next segment. But now we're into that category. Should you be able to ride a motorcycle without a helmet? Because who else? That's the bottom line. If I decide to put myself at that risk and I am risk and I am not posing any greater risk to anyone else's life, liberty or property, what the heck's the problem, right, at that point? That's where I think logic takes us clearly without any questions whatsoever. We'll see where this goes. Government loves power. I mean, so I'm not predicting that this is a slam dunk. I hope the Rokita and other attorneys general win this case. Uh, but nonetheless, I I am kind of interested to see what the, the federal government is going to do as regard as it regards the the way that it argues its case, because I, I don't see any way possible that this is even marginally coherent in a court of law. But that's never stopped him from succeeding anyway. Quick time out. Got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. So, so I'm going through this story with Oz here behind the behind the scenes, and I've told her this before, but she'd forgotten. I. Years ago, in fact, she reminded me that we were looking for a uh, pediatrician for our not. It was our first child. We were pregnant with our, our our son, Logan, and he was not yet. Um, she was still pregnant, and we met at one of these. I think it is the pediatrician we ended up working with. But anyway, on the way back from the pediatrician's office, and I know some of you listening to me are law enforcement, so please, I. I really, I, I'm just telling a story here, okay? So I get pulled over, guy weighs me over, and I didn't have my seatbelt on. And he said, he walks up to the car, and I, I did do this. I mean, think about, I wasn't being super snarky. I was just kind of dumbfounded. He says, 
I'm on seatbelt patrol. I said, you're on seatbelt patrol. He said, yeah. I said, look, man, I said, you're doing your job. I didn't have my seatbelt on. I said, you know, you got me. I'm not going to argue and say I didn't. You know, I'm sorry. That's the law. I think it's crazy. This is what I did say. I think it's crazy. So then he tried to tell me why it wasn't. And he said, no, no, just wait a minute. Let me tell you. And I said, okay. And he said, suppose you're at a intersection and you get the, you know, the light turns green for you to go. And another vehicle, a big truck, runs the red light and hits you in the intersection and knocks the impact of that collision knocks you out of the driver's seat so that you are no longer in control of your car and you hit someone else he said that's your fault i'm not i'm this is what he said i'm not making this up and i looked at him and i said no it's not i said said, it's the guy's fault who hit me right i mean this is as clear and obvious to me as the noonday sun and I don't think he was expecting a retort. And I wasn't, I know I wasn't being, I wasn't trying to be argumentative. I, and you know, I, and you could say, I shouldn't say anything. I may, maybe not, but I'm just saying that, you know, there's real crime out there in the world and the risk. And I'm not, I'm not out here saying don't wear your seatbelt because it's wise to wear your seatbelt. I'm just saying there's a lot of other things that it's wise to do as well. Right. And maybe just maybe the guy, I think it's wise to go to church. You think you should have the police knock on your door and say, get your rear end in church. I think it's wise to do save money. Should the police come and say, where's your deposit? What you decide to do in instances pertaining to your own personal health, safety, circumstances, whatever should be up to you, plain and simple. And I think that's where we're left with this COVID uh, forced man, uh, forced vaccination deal. I got to go. Quick timeout. Back in a minute. I want to say, sorry, I got a little bit of a cold here, but I want to say that the officer in question was was simply doing his job. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying that the things that we have officers doing is i think a little bit crazy and it's going to get to the point if this uh, vaccine mandate holds up and becomes law now you're going to have sheriffs and law enforcement agencies talking about whether or not they're going to enforce this i mean this is going to get who knows where this thing is but anyway folks i gotta go thanks so much for listening have a great week sdg see you tomorrow take care 